For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1 as will be today. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1. As we're going through the book of Corinthians, is Paul writing to the church of Corinth and he's straightening some things out, he's answering some questions and he's pointing them down the right path. And those same principles that Paul gave to them applies just as much today to you and to the church today. Amen. We can. I love that about the Word of God. We can pull out a principle, and it's just as valid today as it was back then. And, it, and listen to me, it'll be just as valid tomorrow and a thousand years from now as it is today. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall endure forever. That's what God Almighty said. So let's look now in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you. There's something about that meekness and gentleness, isn't there? Don't you know when somebody truly loves you that like Christ does, that Christ is he's he's meek toward us and he he has all power. He has all authority. But yet Christ shows us gentleness and meekness. And that's what Paul say. Now I Paul myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Thank God. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for his gentleness on my life thank god for his forgiveness that he shows us thank god he doesn't give up on us when we mess up thank god for his meekness and his gentleness and i'm just here to tell you i don't know how the ladies feel i can only speak for a man but as a man there's nothing in a man that says i want to be meek and gentle no but when god gets a hold of you when christ resides in you when you're living for the Lord, when you're walking with God and you're close with God and you're living out his word, that's when you'll have meekness and gentleness. And Paul was here. Paul said that, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So Paul here in this verse is referring to his personal appearance, uh, which probably was unimpressive. If the truth be known, especially after all the trials uh, and beatings and imprisonment and all the things that happened to him, 
I'm sure he was not impressive to stand before you like a great soldier or, or a good-looking model. I'm sure there wasn't much to look at. As a matter of fact, in, in some of the passages, it says that uh, his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible, meaning he's not eloquent, and he's not well-spoken, and he's not much to look at. But listen to me. The power of God resided upon him. And the Bible says that when I am weak, he is strong. And somehow, some way that is almost unexplainable through my brokenness and through my hurt, through my pain, through my suffering, the power of Christ may shine through your life. You remember that when you feel down and out and bad things are happening and all this stuff is going on. You remember that now the power of God can shine through me like never before. When I am weak, he is strong. Amen. And so Paul was more likely he's speaking of himself here in his presence. And he says, I am bold toward you. And he's talking about the words that he used in his letter, because this is a letter to the church. Oh, it's scripture. Oh, it's inspired. Absolutely. It is the word of God. Look with me now in verse number two. Paul says, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which Think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. The verse here, connected with the first part of, of verse number one, Paul started to say that he had pleaded with the Corinthians, but he did not tell what was the content of his entreaty. But here he explains, he says, I beg you when I am present, I am not to be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some, who think of us if we walked according to the flesh? He did not want to be bold toward them as he intended to be bold toward those who accused him of acting in a carnal manner. And so Paul was disputing that. And he says that, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. And listen to me. When you're living for God, it does not matter what you do. So people are going to attack you. People are going to say, well, that's not right. Well, they're not doing this. And here's the thing. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, it can come from within the church, too. People will think, well, why are they doing that? Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's crazy. Well, why would they give all that? Well, why would they do that? Why would they go there? Why would they sell their house and move there? But let me tell you. When you do what God has told you to do, despite what all others may think, God will bless it because you are being obedient to him. You see, he's not going to hold none of them accountable for what he's called you to do, but he's going to hold you accountable for what he called you to do. I'm read that verse again. Paul says, But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. 
Some were accusing him that you're, you're acting according to the flesh. You're doing things from the fleshly nature. But just like I said, and here's the thing. Don't go off of somebody's quick judgment. It may take time before they truly see what God is doing in and through your life. But I'm here to tell you, if somebody's really saved and somebody really loves the Lord, you keep on serving God and doing what God calls you to do, and they sooner or later they will see it. And they will go, oh, I can see, I can see they're truly serving the Lord. They're not just doing what their flesh wants. They're doing what God wants. So Paul was refuting those that said he was doing things or walking according to the flesh. And you may come across that, and more than likely you will come across that in your day if you live out for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh here's the thought paul is saying is although the apostles were living in the bodies of the flesh as me and you are they did not wage the christian warfare according to the fleshly methods or motives because listen to me you cannot win a spiritual battle with fists if you're going to win a spiritual battle you're going to have to use spiritual weapons let me say that again because it's so simple we overlook it sometimes you're not going to win a fleshly battle by battling in the flesh the only way to win a spiritual battle is by fighting with the, the weapons that god has given us to use spiritual weapons that's right what does the bible call it's called a sword it, the bible says it's sharper than any double-edged sword Amen. Every time that Satan tempted Jesus after Jesus had fasted for 40 days, when he took him up onto that pinnacle of the mountain and showed him the whole world and said, I'll give you all this if it will bow down to me. What did Jesus use to defeat him? He used the word of God. He used scripture. He used the Bible. The same thing that you can use. Every time Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus refuted him and said, it is written. If you are going to win a spiritual battle, it's going to be with spiritual weapons. One big weapon that's overlooked is prayer. Listen to me. Prayer is the key to winning those battles. You can win those battles on your knees. You're not going to win them. You'll, you'll get frustrated. You'll get mad. You'll get sore. You'll get hurt. If you try to do it yourself because so-and-so said this and I'm going to let them know, I'm going to rip into them. I'm going to tell them all about it or whatever the case may be. You are not going to win those battles using fleshly carnal methods. You will win those battles by using the spiritual weapons that God has given us. Even fasting uh, can be. Remember what Jesus said? Some of these, they can only go out by prayer and fasting. In other words, it gives you strength, spiritual strength. You'll get physical strength by eating healthy food, but you'll get spiritual strength by the word of God, by praying to God, and even by fasting. Why? Because it shows God how serious you really are about what you are trying to accomplish so we don't we're in this flesh we're in this body but we don't war 
after this flesh, just like verse number th- number three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse number four. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of the Christian warfare are not carnal. They're, they're, they're like I said, they're not your fists, they're not swords, they're not guns. They're not modern warfare. They're not a battle plan. It's not tanks. Th- those are carnal means. Those are carnal weapons. And the apostle here, here is speaking to what uh, God has given a Christian to use. To pull down those strongholds. What, what does he mean a stronghold? Because when you think of a stronghold in a person's life, you might think of a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, addicted to, to cigarettes or tobacco or, or uh, snuff. But really, a stronghold can be in a Christian's life. Maybe it's an anger problem that you just can't seem to get the, the victory over because it just overtakes you and you just spout off at the mouth and you say things that you don't mean to say, that you may not even mean, but you're so mad you've lost your control and it's just rolling out of you. That's a stronghold. Maybe you're looking at things on the phone or on the internet you shouldn't be looked at, looking at and it's got a hold of you and that's a stronghold. There may be many other strongholds, and the only way, listen to me, the only way you're going to overcome that, the only way you're going to defeat that is doing what the Scripture tells you to do. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Who is it mighty through? You? Or your efforts? No, it says, but mighty through God. There it is. When you realize how weak you really are, when you realize how uh, not in control you really are, when you realize that everything is really out of your control and you say, you know what? I realize who I am, what I am, and what my capabilities are. And you totally lean and rely on God, like that verse says, but mighty through God. When you're trusting in Him, when you're leaning on Him, when you're drawing your strength from Him, that's when you can overcome that stronghold. That's when you can pull it down. That's when you can conquer it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse number five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There is so much in that verse. Casting down imagination. Don't you know your mind can run away from you? You know some of the things that I have fretted about and worried about and stressed about the most never actually happened? How about you? How about the things you've worried about? Or the things that have like overcome you and you think, oh man, if this happens, if this happens, if this person does that and this, that and the other, and it never happened. Your imagine can run away from you like crazy. The Bible says casting down imaginations. So Paul saw himself as we should see ourselves as a soldier warring against the proud reasoning man. And that would be most of the time myself. Most of the time, the biggest enemy I have 
looks me right in the eye in the mirror every morning. That guy gives me the most problems. It's me, myself, and I that I have the most trouble with. And so Paul, I believe, had that same problem. Otherwise, he wouldn't have say, said, I die daily. Every day he had to make that choice. Just as you do. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Careful, Christian. Because if you're not careful, you'll start to think that you know more than what the Bible says. That you know better. See, because this is this two plus two is four, and my light bill is this, and I know I have to do this because this happens, and then all of a sudden you take faith out of the equation, and you just start to use math. Well, anybody can use math, but only a true Bible-believing, God-fearing, Jesus-loving, Scripture-loving Christian is going to step out on faith and go, you know what? No matter what happens, I trust God. God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm going to trust him at his word. Amen. So faith is not finances. And finances is not faith. And most of the time, it's us that lifts ourselves up. And we, when we see that, when we hear that, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, when we hear that, we want to think of the neighbor or the people on the pew in such and such church or this, that, the other, or that person or this person. But no, it's talking about you, and it's talking about me. And many a times, most of the hurt that I've caused myself, most of the time it's because I, I got my own idea, and I know this will work, and I've done this before, and I know this person, I have this connection, I can make this happen. And that's when I realize, hey, I'm exalting myself upon the Lord. I'm not getting on my face, seeking the will of God, what God wants me to do and what God has for me. Because listen to me, God has the key to every door there's not one door in your life that god can't open and there's not one door in your life that god can't shut and listen to me when god's opened that door no man can shut it you don't have to worry about so and so or what they have or their title or their power or their position or how much money they have if god wants you there god will make the way you don't have to worry about that but let me tell you what you do have to do is just walk through that door when god opens it and the last part of that verse i love the last part of that verse and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ into captivity in other words i've got full control of it it's fully contained i have it it's in captivity i've took it captive it can't go anywhere but i'm and i'm bringing it under the power and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm putting it in the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am controlling that thought. I am not going to let that thought control me. Because as I said before, your mind will run away from you. Your mind will play games with you. Your mind will say all kinds of things. And that's what the Bible talks about when it's talking about the fiery darts the devil shoots. Where's he shoot him? Right into your mind. What did he do with Adam and Eve? He lied right to him. Hath God really said that? Did he really mean that? Is that really going to happen? Are you sure you're not going to? He started to twist their mind. 
And listen to me, the devil will do the same thing to you. He'll shoot those fiery darts right at you. Next thing you know, you'll start second-guessing what the Bible says, or you'll think, well, that way that doesn't really add up. Well, I, I know this, and I can make it happen. No. Let me tell you what you need to make that happen, what that Bible says, and bringing into captivity. That thought, I know it may sound good, but I know it's not right. I'm going to bring it into captivity, and I'm going to bring it under the obedience, under the obedience of Christ. In other words, I know that thought's wrong. And what Christ says, what the Bible says, what Scripture says, I am going to obey that over that thought that I have. Even if I like that thought, even if that thought sounds good, even if that thought feels good, I am going to bring that thought under the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And let me tell you, when you do that, not only will you feel good about it, it'll be the best thing for you. It really will. You see, if we did what felt good all the time, we would eat nothing but junk food. And But that's so bad for us. As a matter of fact, you, you won't live very long if that's all you ever did, right? And devil, the devil's just like that. He can sugarcoat something to make it seem so good, but it's, it's, it's the deceiver. He's the great deceiver. He's the liar. There's nothing in it, nothing good for you. It may feel good. It may look good. It may sound good. But it's destruction wrapped in chocolate. That's exactly what it is. As he shoots those fiery darts in your mind, you make sure that you're bringing those thoughts into captivity and putting them under the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Verse number six. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That is such a peculiar verse. That's one of the only places I've ever heard it said like that. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Amen. He says, revenge the disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. As a soldier of Christ, the apostle was also ready to punish all disobedience, even within himself. When the Corinthians had shown their disobedience, first of all, he was not going to act against the false teacher at Corinth until he was first sure of the obedience of the believers and all things. He wanted to make sure they were obeying because there were many false teachers in Corinth and Paul is refuting them here. And he wanted to make sure that the church of, at Corinth is obeying the Bible, obeying God, obeying the scripture. And that is an amazing way to say it and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. And let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is just as many, if not more deceivers today, many more false teachers today, many more false doctrine today as there was back then. And that's exactly what Paul was refuting in a lot of Corinthians, the false teachers. And there's many today. There's many on the radio. There's many on television. There's many standing behind a pulpit every Sunday. And even though they sound good, it may lift you up. It may feel good. But listen to me. It is deceit wrapped in dessert. That's exactly what that is. Paul, the, the Bible even says, For those that supposing gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. In other words, if you want to live healthy, wealthy, and happy, and prosperous, and God is with you, and that's what he wants for you, the Bible says you need to run away from them. 
They're false teachers. They're heretic. No, God wants you to be holy. Does he want you to be happy? Sure he does. But he first wants you to be holy. And that's what it's all about. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ can do for you. If you've never been saved, make sure that you repent of your sins. Ask God for forgiveness and put your faith and trust of the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.